0: This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast.
1: On this episode, we're switching things up a little bit, and I am interviewing the soon-to-be Zen priest, Sian Kenshin. Oh my god, look out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin.
1: And I'm Sophie Ma.
0: And we're here to... Alchemize Alchemize your Your Life. In this podcast... We show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business.
1: Join us at the PRISM Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more.
0: As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself.
1: Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Today, we have a very special episode that I'm excited and also low-key terrified for, based on the behavior that has happened prior to why, hitting the you, record button. What are, you, what are you talking about? So today we are going to be interviewing, I, Sophie Ma, will be interviewing the glorious Sien <laughs> Kenshin.
0: I get to be a guest on my own podcast. That's he gets cool. to be a guest.
1: And here's here's the reason why, because Sien, in um, eight days will be an officially ordained Zen priest Mm -hmm. with the uh, Hollow Bones Rinzai Zen Order. And um, I think it's good for people to know what the fuck that means and what he's going to do about it. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to freeform interview
0: i'd like to know too yeah let's
1: find out let's find out together so this is a, f- a total stream of consciousness just like all of our episodes there's nothing planned i don't have a list of questions planned we're just gonna see where this Shocking. takes us i know right so we're gonna see where this takes us and cian has been basically a little gremlin all before this episode so he might be weird today we're gonna see i mean when is he not weird <laughs> i can't wait for you guys to see the video of this. It's ridiculous so um Let's start off with very first question. I had you pull a card before we came into this interview, and uh, what card did you pull?
0: The star.
1: And what does that mean to you?
0: Well, I mean, I get to be the star of the show for once. <laughs> <laughs> I think we share the star role pretty effectively. I don't know. So, so yeah. So the star is actually pretty close to the end of the hero's journey. Um, it's card number 17. Mm-hmm. How many are there? There's like 20, 22. Yeah, 22. 21 or 22. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a very um, well-developed card. Uh, there's a lot of balance in it. And uh, so it has this woman who's topless in this uh, in this deck. And she is sitting in water and pouring a jug of water into water and in front of and behind her and so for for me this is uh this is a significant card because one of the things that I've been working on over the last couple months is actually uh invoking more water uh elemental energy into my being because I've identified out of the four elements, that's the one that's kind of lacking, which is you know, kind of typical for men.
1: Also surprising for a quintuple Scorpio, but that, we'll save that for another day.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the archetype, and then there's what you've actually like built up over your life, right? Mm-hmm. There's archetypal your archetypical pattern instilled by the planets, mm-hmm. and then there's all of the uh, training and conditioning that society and your parents have put into you. Mm-hmm. Fair and I'd say that society is really good at removing the water from men.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
0: and so, just so you guys know, water is is really—it's uh, the the realm of emotion. It's the astral realm. It's uh, it's the realm of illusion. It's um, it's all about fantasy and play and um, creation. And it's also. In in the in the realm of like manifestation, it's the second stage. So there's the fire, which is the spark, and then water, which is like the emotion or the feeling that arises, followed by thought and then form. Water also
1: represents our creativity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, right? it's, it has to
1: get pushed through the emotional creativity so that it can become thoughts and then become form. That's right. That's yeah. right.
0: Yeah. So so she's she's got so much water. That she's pouring it into the river, and she's just giving all of her emotion, all of her creative creativity, everything. She's just pouring it into the river as it as it goes by, without even a care. Just like she's never gonna run out. Mm. So that's yeah, that's really for me. That's a really good sign of um, kind of success in that in that area, or at least like you know this is where we're going. Beautiful. And uh, what what do you see there?
1: I see a really sexy, voluptuous woman. If I'm totally honest, are you going to become a woman?
0: My subconscious already is.
1: Right, fair. Um, I'm seeing uh, what my eye is actually drawn to, which you guys can't see on the card. Um, but there is a grouping of crystals in the bottom right hand corner that are like I think they're quartz, quartz maybe. I can't really tell, but it's actually I've looked at this card many times, and this is the very first time that I have noticed them.
0: Just so you guys know, this is the Heaven and Earth deck, which is a very advanced um, Hermetic uh, deck of Tarot.
1: Yes, it's a it's a beautiful deck. We highly recommend it. We can link it. We bought it off Amazon. We can link it in the in the show notes for you guys. Um, so I'm looking at all of these crystals and thinking that to me represents clarity, mm. like you moving into a state of clarity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I I mean with this this final little experiment and and with teaching magic uh, it's kind of forced me to really up my game and understanding of how magic works at a very very fine level. Mm-hmm. And um I mean I've been doing it at a very macro level in in my past with the tantric training and the buddhist training and even even like to a certain extent the hermetic training. Um, But now it's like it's all all of that knowledge is coming together. Mm. And I'm able to identify like the archetypal patterns and I'm able to identify like, oh, where am I lacking or where is anyone lacking? And where are we overbalanced in certain areas as far as like the elements? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I now have these skills of invocation and evocation uh, of like I can literally with my mind and some rituals and some magic like bring down certain frequencies of energy Mm -hmm. and literally balance those things out Mm -hmm. without having to go through necessarily – what is the memory or trauma or whatever it is that's like causing that to be out of balance?
1: Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, that's what the definition of mag- not the definition of magic is, but that's one of the benefits of magic is the ability to really like shortcut natural processes. Yeah, exactly. so you can do things faster. It's not going to completely change the way that the natural laws work. That's a um, misunderstanding of the ego <laughs> in mm-hmm. relation to how magic works to make us afraid of it, but it, it does. Enhance the natural laws and make things happen faster because instead of just working on the material realm, now you're working in all of the different realms. It accelerates. It's an accelerator. It shortcuts your success because gas on your fire. Because
0: in the higher realms, time becomes less of an issue.
1: Yeah, it's dilated. So you brought up a good point there, all these different lineages that you're a part of. Mm hmm. Now, what does becoming a priest in the Zen lineage mean (laughs) for your other lineages? Does this mean you have to stop following them? Is is there like a regulation? And and then what does that mean? Yeah, how is it going to affect the rest of the studies that you're doing by choosing to be a priest in the Zen lineage specifically?
0: So uh, I think... Becoming a priest in the Zen lineage is just uh, an extension of the original bodhisattva vow I took long, 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 long ago, which is, until all beings are liberated, my work here is not done. Mm. I will come again and again and again and again.
1: And can we define all beings here? Because I know that's a bodhisattva vow. Mm -hmm. And... Like, are we talking about every single virus, every single
0: bacterium, like every amoeba? We're talking about every facet of consciousness being liberated. So the the work is endless, really. Okay. Yeah, it it just it's so you've
1: put yourself into coming back endlessly, endlessly before this priest incarnation of a priest training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's
0: that's. Arguably why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know that, but they don't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it it's um it's also a vow that recognizes like that no matter how many beings are liberated no being is liberated mm. and and if you look if you look at it it's like there's a constant flow of like rising and falling just just like in a previous episode we were talking about with karen there and and the water boiling you know a really well-developed system will have hot water rising going to the top and then coming down and then creation of new mm-hmm. new consciousness right the mm-hmm. constant expansion and contraction of the universe mm-hmm. so it's really like if you have a purpose, and this isn't everyone's purpose, but if you have a purpose and you you take this sort of vow, this becomes your purpose. Okay. And so, for me, becoming a priest is just um, another f- sort of recognition of that overarching purpose. This is the reason I agreed to 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 do it mm-hmm. was because you know when when somebody comes to me and says, suggests something. I look okay. Well, is this in alignment with my purpose, with my dharma? Mm-hmm. And if it is, it's an easy decision. It's like okay, yeah, of course, of course, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of the esoteric why.
1: But I didn't ask why. <laughs> um, oh, what was the
0: question again? Yeah, I'm really bad at this. I know. I love it.
1: <laughs> I asked, "What does it?" But oh, I'm what glad does it mean? that you. But
0: that it's the why, but. As also, what does it mean?
1: What does it mean to, for the other lineages as well that you for hold for the other lineages? Yeah,
0: mm. yeah. I, I don't think there's. I don't think anything's really going to change. I, you know, um, my understanding of a ministry, as limited as it is, <laughs> first time doing this sort of thing. It's all official and everything. Instead mm. of me just doing whatever I want, <laughs> um, is is that it's like there's certain facets of dharma that you you have to transmit right so like zen lineage talks about certain ways of doing things um and so those those are included and and so they have a very sort of well-recognized path of you know how do you get to satori or enlightenment and then what sort of training do you do after satori or post enlightenment training Mm. which you know they're really really good things to do and to understand um Very similar to what I would say the uh, tree of life sort of pathway is, right? Mm -hmm. But the words that they use are different.
1: Different cultural window dressing. Yeah. Yeah, You guys hear us say that all the time.
0: But, you know, it's, it's all the same stuff. So I don't really see much changing because I feel the freedom to transmit whatever comes up inside of me when I'm in front of students with the understanding that, you know, I am representing Zen to some extent Mm -hmm. um, and more specifically hollow bones. So, you know, always pay homage to those lineages, but also like I'm being called to do this because of who I am. Mm. And I am who I am because of these various lineages, right? Like, I believe that the insight that I have uh, that I've been able to share with you and and with many others comes from multiple perspectives, multiple truths and being able to accept multiple truths, right? When you become dogmatic and you become like really holding tight to one truth and that this has to be the truth and everyone needs to understand this truth. I think that's where a lot of the problems in the world come from. Mm. And I think humanity is kind of at a level of evolution where they need or they're ready, sorry, not need to, they're ready to begin accepting the multiplicity of truth. Mm -hmm. in that there isn't a single objective truth that there are multiple truths and that they can all coexist and they actually do coexist and collide and mix together and it's a big smorgasbord of truth smorgasbord
1: we learned the the root of that word this week smorgasbord and shtick and all these other jewish words that we didn't (laughs) know were jewish words but anyways jewish
0: comedy i think it's it's coming from Yeah. yeah 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 um so so yeah multiple truths uh humanity accepting yeah i think that's kind of
1: it feels complete to you yeah beautiful so i'm curious to know what what does the word priest mean to you and what did it mean so many things i know but what? hang on what did it mean to you before going on this journey like let's say five years ago oh my god what did the word priest mean to you and then what does it mean to you today maybe let's actually go 10 years ago just to make it more fun
0: i'm gonna be pg-13 on this because it's like I used to have such a contraction when I heard the word priest. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think many people do, which is why I <laughs> want to go down this.
0: <laughs> I don't even like want to be called a priest in a certain to a certain extent, but I know it's probably good to like dispel that energy, mm-hmm. right? Because um, priests have done many many good things in in the past, and there is definitely a shadow there. Um, we don't need to get into the details but there you know the title has been hijacked in in many ways or abused uh, in many ways and so me and many other people kind of have a little bit of an aversion to it mm-hmm. and I certainly did um, a while back uh, for for most of my life and you know to to a certain extent that might also be um, some cultural programming, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you know what what is what is chosen to be magnified and pushed into our faces via like news feeds and stuff like that is, I view all of that as programming. Yeah. Right. So what is what is the narrative behind that? what is the objective behind that? Not saying that these things aren't happening, but like, what are the things that we choose to focus on and to look at and to bring into people's minds? You know, and why are we doing it that way? That's what I look at now. And that's given me a little bit of space around um, that term, as well as an understanding that you know most of the people, and this is going to be controversial, uh, most of the people who have been um, labeled as bad priests <laughs> uh, or perpetrators or you know, these sort of things mm-hmm. are who have
1: done harm unto others.
0: Yeah, I, I I look at them as subject to their own patterns and dramas as. Uh, anyone else right like when when you when you go into a, um, a a priesthood or a ministry or something like this you know I have to believe that most people go into it with good intentions um, but we're all we're all subject to the conditions of what's going on around us right mm-hmm. and there's a you know for for thousands of years we've known that sexual energy is very, powerful
1: well literally the most powerful energy on the planet yeah, it's life force yeah it's it, life force it's literally, energy it literally births humans you know and, that, and that's we the, don't know any other energy that can do that
0: yeah that's something that we look at as, as part of the prism is like is like how do we liberate this energy as well as spiritual energy and heart energy and money energy and all this stuff how do how do we also liberate sexual energy mm-hmm. uh, because i think humanity is also ready for this mm-hmm. um, because we're starting to see the shadows of trying to control it yeah Right? Oh, you know, like priests are have to be celibate or this, these sort of ideas that people have. Um, you know, like I, I was reading a thing about Buddha running his, um, his uh, commune, basically. And like the, it was more of an administrative look as opposed to a spiritual look, you know, a, an account of how was he administering his commune. Mm. And um, it grew to a certain size. And at a certain point, he started to notice that there was corruption le- getting into it. And the corruption was really just that he couldn't vet everyone that was joining mm. personally, mm-hmm. right? And so he had to come up with some sort of rules to basically ensure that everyone who was joining was going to be part of the mindset mm-hmm. in, a, in a certain way part right? of the tribe. Part of the tribe. And so, you know, shaving the heads was one of those things. Mm. This is why monks shave their heads. This, but this was literally just a signal that I'm part of the tribe.
1: I'm willing to part with my hair. I'm
0: willing to part with my hair, right? Like
1: and Osho did something similar, didn't he? Yeah,
0: he made people wear the necklace and the orange robes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he didn't make them shave their heads because mm. they're all hippies and really identified with their hair. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it... it That symbol itself was, or 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 celibacy as an example, was was not indicative of spiritual ascension or some sort of holiness. It was literally, hey, you know, if you're going to be here while you're here, don't have sex Mm -hmm. because it's easy for us to tell if you are or not. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to tell if your head is shaved or not. And, you know, that keeps a lot of the drama out of the commune. Mm. So this wasn't a spiritual thing. Mm. This was more of a, a submission thing of like you're submitting your will to the will of the collective. Right. Right, which which does become a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. right? This is a submission of the individual will to the will of the all, mm-hmm. right? But um, in of itself, simply telling priests that you know don't pay attention to the sexual energy and and you know push it down and like you know that just pushes that into the shadows because we know how powerful it is, right? Mm. And so now it comes out in unhealthy ways. Mm. And we know any energy that is suppressed or repressed will go into the shadows and puppet you.
1: Mm. And so to summarize, we didn't have a very positive view of priests. No, in the past, no, and that has uh, presumably changed. What does that word mean to you now?
0: It, it really means spiritual friend mm. to me. Right? It, it doesn't even mean leader. I mean, for me, I think it means leader. Like in my case, mm-hmm. uh, and and many others, but I don't think it always means that. Mm. I, I think I think the the real foundation of the word is a spiritual friend. Uh, at most, guide. Okay. You know, um, but I think friend is, is more suitable, is more pervasive as far as um, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're somebody who has some knowledge and some insight, but predominantly you're there to listen and you're there to reflect with as little of your own discord um uh as possible Mm. right become as much of a mirror for somebody who is on the path and trying to ascend and you know like the the best thing we can do in our path of ascension is find a good mirror Mm -hmm. right and i think i think that's the i think that's what priests really do well i think if you if you really distill it down that's that's kind of the main function
1: Okay. So how is that mirror going to be reflected in the prism now? Are we are we starting a commune? You mentioned Buddha's commune. Is oh, that is that on the roadmap? Uh, or or how is this priestly version of you going to now come into the prism? Yeah, I
0: mean I might start a commune or a <laughs> sex cult or something. <laughs> no. Um no, the the the, the priest Side of me is it, I'm, I'm starting to encounter what it means, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I know I really love before the whole COVID thing um, happened and before we started traveling the world, like every three months, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed teaching yoga and meditation classes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm feeling called to do that again, and I'm starting to do those online in our uh, PRISM Facebook group.
1: The link is in the description for everybody yeah. to join.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, um, I'm te- doing Dharma talks and teaching meditation and then leading a guided meditation. hmm and, uh, you know, I really, I really find a lot of value in that and uh, I get a lot of reflection back from the field and from people saying like, yeah, this is really good. You've helped me reconnect with my practice and these sort of things. So, I, you know, I, I think there's great benefit um, to myself and others in doing that. Um, but also like yeah this whole in person thing is starting to is starting to to build you know like we now have a place in Bali and we signed it. Like we've got a whole year there at least. Mm-hmm. And like about two minutes away is this wonderful, wonderful uh, yoga shala called Udara. Mm-hmm. You know, and during a meditation, I saw myself there teaching teaching Zen and teaching yoga and mixing the two together. You mm-hmm. know, like I love mixing lineages. Um, a lot of people don't know that the whole point of yoga is to calm the body and the mind so that you can meditate. Mm-hmm. And so that's so I, I teach something called unification yoga, which is all about unifying the mind and the body together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that then we just slip right into meditation after with a really precise, um, pithy instructions on how to get yourself into this witnessing state, mm. into dhyana, um, which I think that that's the whole point of Zen. Um, in, in the early stages is, is to get people to the point where they understand what Diana is, what this like witnessing awareness is, mm-hmm. right? And in the past, I've been very, very good at this. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm feeling called to stepping into that again.
1: Beautiful. So to summarize for everybody here, um, if you are online, then you want to get your booty into our Facebook group if you are not there already, because you'll be getting at least weekly Dharma talks and and other wonderful free priestly mirror content still Mm -hmm. to be determined, but for sure, at least once a week, you'll get Dharma talks in there. And if you're um, wanting more of the IRL experience, then we'll get your booty down to Bali. And uh, there will be in person opportunities to connect with us there coming up soon. I have one last question mm. before before we wrap up, and I let you go to your priest training, <laughs> ah. ironically, which is what we're now bumping up against time time wise in this three D time reality. So, Kenshin, mm. you have a bit of a reputation, oh, in the uh, in the several. Zen order, in this order in particular, uh-huh. to do things your own way, and to not necessarily follow the rules.
0: I mean, that's not just my Zen order.
1: Well, I'm just talking about the Zen order right now. Yeah. You know, and I'm curious to know, as a priest, what do you have to say about that?
0: Watch out for that guy.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for this lovely interview. By the time you guys hear this, Cian will officially be a Zen priest. So make sure you shout him out on social media and celebrate with him at ZenMindHacker on Instagram. You can tag me at QueenSophima if you want to as well. But really, this is a celebration parade for Cian stepping into a new stage of life. We are very excited and very proud of him. So when this episode drops, make sure you screenshot tag him and celebrate with us. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.